You know, one of the things that Chris says in the book is today is someday. Don't wait to invest in your kids. Don't wait to disciple them. And if he had waited until, uh, let's wait until you can read or let's wait until you can write things for yourself. You can fill in the blanks for yourself. Let's wait for let's wait for certain things. They would not have the investment in their lives that they had from him and the foundation that they have going forward. Discipleship happens when we as moms spend intentional time with our children. It's in these moments of intentionality that God writes his word on the hearts of our precious children. He does the writing, but we help create the atmosphere for this to take place in their lives. If you wanna get more intentional in the discipleship of your children or grandchildren or nieces and nephews, then you don't want to miss this episode on the Significant Women podcast. I'm your host, Carol McLeod, and I'm joined today by Melissa Swain, co-author of the new book, Write It On Their Hearts, Practical Help for Discipling Your Kids. But before you listen to today's podcast, you might want to press pause and run and get a box of tissues because Melissa's story, it's heartfelt. It's one of love, loss, and deep commitment to her family. You see, her husband, Chris, who was a pastor and ministry leader for decades, started writing this book on how to disciple your children. But when he was writing this book, he unexpectedly passed away. Knowing that this book was her husband's passion and calling in life, Melissa took the reins and finished writing the book. Thank you for joining me on the Significant Women podcast. If today's the first time you've joined us, let me just tell you who we are and what we do. It's a weekly podcast filled with stirring conversations with women who have decided to live a significant life in spite of their circumstances. You know, I'm learning that the choices that I make on a daily basis, both big and small, have the opportunity to make an eternal impact. And isn't that what we all want? We all long to make our lives count for eternity. My friend, it might not be as hard to live a significant life as you once thought. So let's lean in and listen to my precious conversation with Melissa Swain. Well, Melissa, thanks for joining me today on Significant Women. And I know that you're a mom, a homeschool mom. So Melissa, just tell us, what is the most wonderful part of homeschooling and the most frustrating part of homeschooling for you? Oh my goodness, that is difficult. Um, I love the freedom of homeschooling. First, oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, Carol. I, I, I'm so glad. <laughs> um, but homeschooling, um, I love the freedom that it gives us um, to plan our days the way we like to plan them, to teach the curriculum we like to teach, to go on vacation when everyone else is in school. <laughs> um, that's Those are some of my favorite things. I love spending time with my kids, um, really knowing them and, um, and, you know, how they like to best do things. I mean, there are just so many wonderful things. The frustrating things are the things that I... Um, that I don't know how to do all of the time mm. because I like to know how to do everything. Mm -hmm. And so 
when my daughter is having a struggle with decimals and I'm like, I don't understand why you don't understand this. <laughs> that's that's my frustration is sometimes not knowing the best way to communicate something to my kids so that they can understand. And so I I um I need help with that all the time. So Yeah. We you we know, change I, curriculums, we throw books out the window, we start over, good. we we try new good. things, we phone a friend. Yes, <laughs> but that's, right. that, that's really that's a struggle. And I think that we are hard on ourselves because we think that as the parent we're supposed to know all the answers. And we don't. Yeah. Yeah. I I homeschooled for 25 years and I tell younger moms all the time now, listen, if God's leading you to homeschool, it's not just for your kids, but it's for the work that he wants to do in your life as well. Yes. Um, yes. Because you'll be in the classroom of the Lord. So how many kids yes. do you have, Melissa, and their ages about? I, I've, I have two. My son is 15 and uh-huh. now um, with a learner's permit. So there's some driver's ed going on at our house too. And then uh, my daughter is 11. Well, another one of my famous sayings to moms whose kids are learning to drive is the one good thing about it is that it will improve your prayer life when you're yes, child. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Melissa, you have a new book out, and the title mm-hmm. of it is Write It on Their Hearts uh, Practical Help for Discipling Your Kids. And we are going to talk about your book, but this book has a very interesting backstory. Would would you share with us the the tender backstory that this book has? Yes. So um, just as a little bit of background, um, I grew up in a Christian home. My husband did not come to faith in Jesus until he was 16. So discipleship has always been something that, um, that has been huge in his life, that you know, he didn't know what it looked like to follow Jesus when he became a Christian. He'd never seen anyone model that for him. So when we stepped into ministry and student ministry and spent the first 10 years of our ministry together there, he saw that there are so many parents who want to disciple their kids, but they don't know how, either because they weren't discipled in the home or because they just don't know what to do. Um, And so as he continued working with discipleship, he kept looking. We're we're both readers. And so he kept looking for a book that would that would show us this is how to do this. Here are some simple things you can do. This is what it's supposed to look like. Um, And he couldn't find the book that he wanted. Um, And so the Lord laid it on his heart to write it. He was like, hey, you're going to be the one to write this to really help parents engage in discipleship with their kids. So he started in and because I'm an editor and a writer, I was helping along the way and um, making comments and saying, I don't think you should say that. Let's say something different there. And, you know, (laughs) just kind of, just kind of sticking my fingers in um, here and there. And he had almost finished the manuscript when the Lord called him home suddenly and unexpectedly. And, um, we, I mean, obviously we had no idea that that was coming. God did. Um, but as we were standing in the hospital at his bedside, my 11-year-old daughter, who is wise beyond her years and says everything that pops into her head most of the time, um, she said, Mama, who's going to finish Daddy's book? And, you know, being the mom, 
And being in that kind of situation, I was like, babe, let's, let's figure that out later. Let's talk about that another time. And she said, no, mama, you have to promise me that you will finish daddy's book. You have to be the one to do it. Mm. And so I said, okay, all right, whatever that looks like, we'll, we'll figure that out. And so that's what happened. The publisher has been a, a fantastic, um, partner and they've been so kind and generous and so supportive as I kind of picked things up and said, Hey, let's, let's finish this. Let's, let's get this out to people and, and help parents learn how we can disciple our kids. You know, as I um, read through your book, Melissa, yours and Chris's book, it seemed to me that Chris was a very hands-on dad would you yes. agree with that? Oh, yes. Yes. He was not a fan of the diaper stage. Um, <laughs> well, we'll forgive him for that. <laughs> yes, I, I, that's very common, I'm, I find. Um, but yes, he was very hands-on dad, very hands-on. Spent lots of time with us um, just hanging out. Like we we were a family that we didn't have to, We and we still don't, we don't have to go somewhere and do something um, outside of our four walls just to, to have fun and spend time together. Now, he was in the military before um, he became a pastor. So yes, how many years was he in the military serving our country? He was in the Marine Corps for four years. Wow, a Marine, Semper yeah. Fi. And then yes. the Lord called you all in into ministry. Um, mm -hmm. So tell us in a general sense, Melissa, how are your children doing? I, I guess my question is this. So Chris really prepared your children to love the Lord mm -hmm. and to hide God's word in their heart. Have you seen mm -hmm. that make a difference in their personal grieving process? Yes, it has made a tremendous difference. And I, you know, one of the things that Chris says in the book is today is someday. Don't wait to invest in your kids. Don't wait to disciple them. And if he had waited until... Uh, let's wait until you can read or let's wait until you can write things for yourself. You can fill in the blanks for yourself. Let's wait for let's wait for certain things. They would not have the investment in their lives that they had from him and the foundation that they have going forward. Um, you know, it it was a it's always been a common practice in our home to say, you know, when a question comes up to say, what does the Bible say about that? What does Jesus say about that? And so in that, my kids know how to do that and they have continued that. You know, we can look at when Jesus was sad when Lazarus died because he loved him. And so it's okay for us to be sad and for us to grieve. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like we, we can, we can easier, I think, remember to look back to Jesus when we don't know what we're supposed to do or how we're supposed to feel or if it's okay to even be sad. Um, that was one of those things that we had to, to talk about. You know, is it okay to be sad? Absolutely. Yeah. Jesus was sad too. It's okay for us. Yeah. Yeah. And so his death was sudden. You, mm -hmm. you thought you had a very healthy husband, but he... yes suddenly went to be with the Lord. And and sometimes mm -hmm. that is a very hard thing to process, Melissa, when a young man, 
a young person dies so suddenly. So, mm-hmm. Melissa, we are going to talk about the book more, but just because you're now more than a year out from Chris's um, entrance into eternity, mm-hmm. what would be your advice to other women who have to say goodbye to their husbands before they wanted to? What What are some of the things that have strengthened you this year? One of the things that has been helpful for me as I look back on things was to know that God is in control and that um, my, actually my brother passed away two years before Chris did. And in, in that time, I really wrestled a lot with God's sovereignty. Like it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I've, I've said I believe this my whole life. I have to put my money where my mouth is. Like, do I truly believe that God is in control of these things, that God has known the number of His days since before the foundations of the earth? Do do Mm -hmm. I truly believe that? And if Mm -hmm. I do, then God knew about this. He knew this before I met Chris, he knew this before we got married. He knew this before our kids were born. He has known all of this and has seen it all because he's not bound by time like we are. And so mm-hmm. um, knowing that God has gone before us um, and and really asking him, let me see it. Let me see some of the things that you have done for us, some of the things that you are still doing for us, when you do something really cool, I want to know about it. Not I can't know about everything, but I want to see it. So let me see the cool things that you have done that show me, hey, I love you. I'm here. I've thought about this already. I've got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, Melissa. One of my core values in life is living with a heart of gratitude, which is really what you're saying, that you look for moments where you can say, God, thank you for that. Thank you for mm-hmm. doing that. Thank you for reminding me of that. A heart of gratitude, I believe, is part of the secret of living abundantly and especially in grief. Oh, my goodness. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. But now let's talk more specifically about your book and feel free to, yeah. to um, weave Chris's story in and out of our conversation, write it on their hearts. So what is the model? First of all, what is Replicate Ministries? Let's start there. Tell me what Replicate Ministries is. Okay. Replicate Ministries is the ministry that Chris worked for and with um, for the last several years. Um, along, It's based out of our church at Long Hollow um, church in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and uh, it was founded by our pastor. And so he, when he came here, he asked Chris to kind of help them take over and and run the ministry. And that was Chris's sweet spot, like that juxtaposition between um, local church ministry and helping other churches and helping other people learn how to be disciple disciple makers who make disciple makers. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. And so they, um, they have a focus to help individuals and churches be disciple makers who make other disciples. And so your book, write it on their hearts, has taken the model from Replicate Ministries and has Mm -hmm. transcribed it to the home life. 
um, yes. to discipling our children. So, um, Melissa, you and I both know I have five children that mm-hmm. you can raise a child in the same home with the same core values, with the same discipline, with the same bedtime, with the same unconditional love, and they are different. Like each yes. child is deliciously different. So yes. is this a plan, um, one size fits all, or is there a way to tailor it to a different child's needs? No, it is absolutely customizable for every family context, um, every kid within each family, because it is not a checklist type of thing. It is a, hey, you need to focus on these elements with your kids and how you focus on these six elements is going to vary depending on your family situation, your family context, and your schedule and the way your kids relate to you and to each other. And so it is completely customizable because it is conceptual, but it also is very practical. It's not a, hey, you have to check these boxes because that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Let me clearly say, you don't have to be a homeschool family to implement this plan. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. It works for public. This is for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, So let's Mm -hmm. talk about the six elements of discipleship that your book encourages us to do in the home. What are those Mm -hmm. six elements? They are love, prayer, connection, scripture, accountability, and rest. These are the six elements that we um, discuss in the book. And kind of like puzzle pieces, they fit together to form a whole picture. So let's talk about each one individually. Um, Mm -hmm. So love is the first one. Now, is this Bible verses they memorize? Is it biographies they read? What, What is it? Really, what we have done with this is to take the way Jesus discipled his disciples and kind of and look at that and see how did he do this? What did Jesus do with his with his 12 but especially with the 3 that he spent the most time with, right? He took them with him. He said, "Come with me. Let's go do this." They they really and truly did life together. Now, Jesus did at some points, you know, really teach them, you know, "I don't call you servants. I call you um, friends, right? Because I've I've told you everything. I've 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 spent time with you. I've taught you. I love you, and this is how you know I love you, right? So, part of it is being with your kids and being intentional with the time that you already have with them. And so, when you focus on one of these elements, let's specifically love. You are thinking in your mind as the mom or dad or or grandmother or whoever you are to this kid in their life, how do I show this kid love? How do I teach them about love? Well, you're going to model it for them. So take them with you when you do something for someone that shows them love and find out how they receive love because every kid receives love differently. I have an acts of service kid and I have a quality time kid. I didn't know that until I sat down one day and said, would you rather me help you with a chore or bring you a candy bar when I pick you up from class? Would you rather, you know, like, so like I didn't sit and like have a teaching session with them on love, but I 
discovered more about them. How do you receive love? How can I, how do I receive love? And so, hey, this is a two-way street. We can show each other love. This is how Jesus loves his disciples. Yes, you can memorize scriptures. Yes, you want to read your Bible. Yes, all of those other things. But really, it is intentional time where you're focusing on a concept and you're instilling that in your kids in daily life. Yeah, Melissa, that's so good. I remember when my boys were teenagers, for me, discovering how they received love was a game changer in knitting our hearts together during the teenage years. So I really encourage mm-hmm. moms to do that. And I love the way you did it, just within would you rather questions and you could pinpoint it. I mean, I think if most moms think about it, they can figure it out, but those questions, that's powerful. Okay, what is the next element? After love, what's the next one? Well, you can really take them in any order you want okay. to take them in. So it do, you don't have to, it's not a magical formula or anything. If you switch it up and do something different, it's not going to like break the whole system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, because because this is um, this is all part of how Jesus did things. So, you know, maybe you had planned to focus on love this week, but prayer is where you need to spend your time. Mm-hmm. So, and that the next one is, um, is prayer. I pray a lot like my parents because they taught me to pray, right? So our kids are going to pray a lot like we do. So if they never see us pray or hear us pray, then that's going to be a problem for them. So, because they don't know how to do it. What we need to focus on is showing them how to pray, how to talk to God, not necessarily what to say. And so sometimes that is a challenge for us. Um, But really, this whole the whole thing is we model in front of our kids what we're doing is going to be something that rubs off on them. And so we should spend so much more time praying with our kids rather than, hey, here's how you do this. Yeah, yeah. I love what you said about um, your kids are going to pray the way you do. Because, Melissa, I start every single prayer with the words, Jesus, I love you so much. Like, I, it just mm-hmm. bubbles out of me. And now when I listen to my kids pray and they're in their, you know, 20s and 30s, guess how they pray? Yeah. Jesus, I love yeah. you so much. Um, mm-hmm. So you are so right about So pray with your kids. Just pray with them. Well, we'll get back to my conversation with Melissa in just a minute, but I always like to take some time and tell you what's going on sort of behind the scenes in the ministry. Do you know what version is? Well, it's that little brown Bible app on your smartphone. If you haven't downloaded it yet, just go to your app store, whether you um, have Apple or Android, and search for you version, Y-O-U version. And this little brown Bible will pop up in your app store. And when you download it, you're going to be so sad that you've missed months and months of reading the word on your smartphone. Not only can you read the word there, but also you can read devotionals there. And I've had the incredible pleasure of writing over 25 devotionals for you version. My plans have been downloaded nearly 4 million times by believers around the world. Everywhere I go, I have to tell people about YouVersion because it has the potential to change your life 
just through your smartphone. And who wouldn't want that? Um, so I invite you, download version. type Carol McLeod in the search bar once you get into version, and read some of my devotionals as well as other people's. Now, let's get back to my conversation with Melissa Swain. So I, I want to move ahead to something different because, of course, my listeners can can read specifically about the six elements in your book, write it on their mm-hmm. hearts. But Melissa, does this work? Do, do you do it individually with your kids? Do you do it in a group? Like I'm thinking of moms right now who have eight to 10 kids. Um, yeah. What, what would your advice, does your book work individually and in a group? Talk to us Absolutely. about that. Yeah. So because let's just go back to love. You're focusing on love this week. There are things that you can do with a big group of kids. I come from a big family. I'm the oldest of seven. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there were there were times that mom and dad couldn't spend individual time with all of us. They did, and they did intentionally spend individual time doing things with us, but not every day and not all the time because that's there, there aren't enough hours in the day, right? So you can can take these elements and customize them for your family context. And so if that means that one kid gets their acts of service this week, then maybe another kid's going to get something else next week when, you know, like every, everybody's going to pick up elements of these things. And so when you're, when you're teaching about these concepts, you're, you're showing your kids how to do this. And so when you show them how to love one another, they're going to pick that up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're going to, I don't want to use a weird word, but like ooze out what you're teaching them. Like they're, they're going to pick it up and, and you're going to start seeing the effects of teaching them how to love someone, not necessarily how to check a box or follow a list of things. You're going to teach them, oh, that person receives love this way. I can do that for them to show them love. Mm-hmm. And so when you are teaching individually and when you're and when you are spending time as a group, then you can say out loud to your kids, "Hey, we're going on a hike today. All my quality time people, you're going to love it. My acts of service people, you can help." You know, like yeah. you you can find something in there for everyone and say, hey, you can show your brother or sister love today by encouraging them because they're a words of affirmation person. Mm-hmm. You can pick a flower for that kid who is a gifts kid. You, you know, like you are just showing everybody how to do it, not what to do. Yes. Yes. I hope that makes sense for oh, everybody. <laughs> well, it does to me. So um, you explained it very well. Now, your book also talks about some of the accountability questions that you ask mm-hmm. your children. Share with mm-hmm. us some of those questions. Well, when we talk about accountability, sometimes that feels icky in our culture today because, oh, that's not inclusive. That might hurt someone's feelings, you know, to ask them, you know, hey, have you read your Bible? Oh, well, are you attacking me? <laughs> you know, um, we we look at accountability a little bit different as in I'm not holding your feet to the fire. I am asking you, um, are you doing what you are capable of doing? I believe that you are capable of whatever it is. 
Um, I believe that you are capable of picking up your socks Mm. off the floor, right? That's a practical one. But I also believe that you are capable of diving into the word for yourself and learning for that with, with your older kids. So when you approach accountability as I'm holding you capable and give them the permission to hold you capable for things, then they learn that accountability is a two-way street. So when you come in and say, so um, what did you watch on TV today while I was gone? That, um, that might feel attacking if you are not already establishing that back and forth of you are, I know you're capable. Mm -hmm. I know I believe in you and I'm going to hold you capable of, of what I believe you can do. So one of the things that I do, one of the things that I've done is said to my daughter who will never forget anything. (laughs) Hey, I'm supposed to drink this much water today. I need you to hold me capable of drinking this much water. And it's a small thing. It's an appropriate thing, but it also gives her that authority to speak into my life. And so that when I come back to her and say, have you done, hey, did you do that? Did you, have you done this yet? Or then she's not feeling attacked because Mm -hmm. she also has the permission to ask questions of me like that. So good. So good. Um, Melissa, do you have a favorite Bible verse that you've treasured your whole life? Um, there are so many that have meant so much to me through the years. Um, right now, um, Zephaniah 317 is really important to me. Um, you know, the Lord, your God is among you, a warrior who saves, you know, and then it talks about how he delights in you. And so that is, that's pretty special to me right now because, um, you know, I, I need him to fight for me. Yes. Yes. And he is, and he is. Um, The name of the podcast, as you know, is Significant Women. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell us who the significant women have been in your life. Who, maybe a a woman in the Word of God, maybe a woman you know personally, maybe just a role model that you've never met. But who are some of the significant women that you respect and have created the woman that you are today? Oh my goodness. There are so many women who have invested in me personally. Um, if I could, I could make a list and leave people off, but, um, probably the first one is my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, she has always been, um, a very strong woman because she has some, she has seven kids (laughs) and she still has most of her sanity as we like to say. (laughs) Um, we, we homeschooled. My dad was on the road a lot of our growing up. And so she really, um, she really had to do a lot on her own. Um, but she always modeled before us, um, being in authority under my dad and him being the head of the household, even if he wasn't physically present. And so that, um, that has been something that has, carried on in my life and my relationship. And I'm so thankful that she would often say things out loud to us um, to honor my dad, um, to honor his role as the leader of our home. And then, and then to say things out loud, like, Oh, did you see what God did for us today? 
you know, that's, that's a blessing from God. Like to just to say those things out loud so that we learn to see those things. Mm -hmm. That has been, that's been huge. Is there anyone else? Um, right now, somebody who is influencing me a lot is Ruth. Um, you know, she's always been one of my favorites, but, but right now she's especially dear to my heart. Yes. Um, because, you know, her life kind of fell apart Mm -hmm. and then God, she let, she let God come in and pick up the pieces and put things together and use her in a way that she never dreamed. You know, Melissa, I know that your story is going to touch a very deep place in my listeners. And I always like to ask this question at the end, but is is there a way that we could be praying for Melissa Swain? Is there a way that we could lift up your arms on your journey? Yeah, so probably our biggest prayer need, um, and for me personally, is that I would... Um, I would be able to see where God wants us to go and to follow that. Um, You know, Chris was the visionary and I was his helper. And so now I get to step into the role that God laid out for me, but that I don't want. Yes. And so because he has it for me, it's mine to step into at least for right now, to lead our family. And I don't really know how to do that. Well, my sweet sister, you can count on us praying for you, on us holding up your arms. And as an older woman, let me just say, I'm so proud of you, Melissa. This is the first time we've ever met. But um, I'm so proud of you, and I will be cheering for you and praying for you. Thank you. And uh, Thank you. if you ever need a big sister, I'll, I'll be here for you. So, Thank you, Carol. Yes. So, Melissa, before we go, can you pray for my listeners? I'm sorry to do it right now when we're having such a tender oh, yeah. moment. But, but could you pray for our listeners? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to be here together today. Thank you for the charge that you clearly gave us in the Great Commission, that we are to reach others, but that starts in our homes. Thank you for giving us the abilities and the resources to disciple our kids in the way that you would have them to go and to write your word on their hearts. Lord, give us the strength, give us the knowledge And give us just the ability to do the next right thing Mm -hmm. as we disciple our kids. Thank you for allowing us to be part of that. And I pray that if anybody feels inadequate and if anybody feels like they can't do this, that you would remind them, yes, you can. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for walking with us everywhere we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've been encouraged by today's episode, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at carol at 
www.carolmcleodministries.com. You can also go to my website, carolmcleodministries.com, and leave a prayer request there, or really on any of our social media channels. I'd love to connect with you through social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, as well as Facebook. And you know what? Don't forget to download the Carol McLeod Ministries app on your smartphone. You can listen to podcasts. You can watch a TV show. You can read a devotional. You can even leave a prayer request there. I also want to encourage you to get a copy of Melissa and Chris Swain's book, Write It on Their Hearts. It's a great Christmas gift for the moms and dads in your life. It's available on their website, which is writeitontheirhearts.com or on Amazon or wherever books are sold. I want to leave you with a scripture today as you ponder the content of today's podcast. This is what Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9 speak to our hearts. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall repeat them diligently to your sons and speak of them when you sit in your home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. You shall also tie them as a sign to your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. You shall also write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." The word of the Lord is powerful, and as parents, we are tasked with having the word of God before us daily and sharing it with our children. You know, I found in my life as a mom that I can't pour from an empty cup, so I have to diligently take the time to open the scriptures and drink from them deeply. And I hope you will do the same thing today as well. Thank you for joining me on the Significant Women podcast. Please take the time to share this episode with all the moms and grandmas and aunts in your life, because we've all been charged with the responsibility to write the Word of God on the hearts of the next generation. And remember, you're significant. Oh, yes, you are. Don't ever doubt it. You are a significant woman because you have been made in the exact image of likeness of your creator who loves you and daily showers you with his loving kindness. I'll see you next time on the Significant Women podcast.